0: I have whipped from watching this movie, and I keep for it's it's no sudden move, but I'll probably say one sudden move or no false move or one false move. But man, and and uh, I read it was kind of by design where Soderbergh was just like ah, let's just keep them going with the whiplash and the double crosses and the double crosses on top of the double crosses and the multi-level double cross and the double cross of the double cross. Uh, and, and with that, it just makes it a really fun um, movie to watch. I mean, not to mention the way it was directed, the way it was acted, the way it was paced. It was just a lot of fun. And then you throw in the, uh, you know, along with fun, you throw in the, the, the real, uh, true, uh, tragic, uh, story uh, behind the movie, which is the uh, uh, leveling of, of black neighborhoods um, all over the country with the highway system, with with redlining. So um, it's my hopes that someone didn't doesn't know about this kind of history and and how it's just built into the fabric and to the systems of this country uh, to oppress certain people. Um, I hope a movie like this, even though it's at really, it's kind of peppered throughout the movie, but especially, um, you know, towards the end, uh, about just this uh, terrible history of this country of ours, um, and how history can have, you know, moments of bravery and triumph, but then also moments of just quite terrible and and harmful actions. Um, So yeah, so the, the movie is kind of revolving around that and it's you know it's it's a it's a crime uh movie it's it's a film noir. you know it takes place in the 50s and um away from all the smartphones and all the technology um but it's really just about you know w- w- what i really liked about this movie was that it, i think good movies project themselves onto you so you you feel what the characters feel and watching this movie, I just felt a string of anxiety um, i because no character was ever able to relax because just like that they could get killed or they could get hurt or they didn't know what was happening next and you know if anyone made a sudden move, you know they were they were ready to strike or you know kill or be killed with this so um so I definitely felt that throughout the whole movie, throughout throughout all the different stages, from from um, uh, the quote unquote babysitting of the house all the way to the end, where you didn't know what was going to happen to uh, to Goines, to, to Don Cheadle's character. And Let me just say something about Don Cheadle. I have been living with Don Cheadle, a Louis uh, of course. Uh, but since the beginning of the pandemic, um, especially during lockdown, where um, I started watching House of Lies, and then after House of Lies, I was uh, watched Black Monday, so I'm all caught up to that, and now I'm watching uh, No Sun and Move, So it's just been a uh, d- uh, d- uh, cheetle extravaganza at my place, and uh, and he's such a great actor and such a great presence. Um, House of Lies was was all right. Uh, Black Monday is a, a lot of fun. Um, and and no sudden move was good as well. So uh, and not not to mention the ensemble cast, like what a great cast all around. Some had big parts, some had small parts. Others were unbilled, like like Matt Damon, um, and Matt Damon was was excellent in it. Oh my God, that monologue that that, that he gave, and um, I don't think he's ever played a character like this before. You know, the the kind of the, just basically the puppet master, the person of privilege in a powerful position pulling all the strings and then just getting what he wants at the end kind of foreseeing how they or hiring the quote-unquote right people to get uh back what's his and uh making more money in the process um even after the justice department uh found all these companies guilty, no fines were levied, as it says at the end, so, um, so he was excellent, too, I did read that George Clooney was, um, scheduled to be in this movie, but he did not want to do it, because this was actually shot in, in, you know, listen, we're still in a pandemic now, this was shot before vaccinations, so I would imagine, um, Uh, I believe the director's guild was, uh, responsible for, uh, safety of the set. I don't think anybody caught COVID during the shooting of it and lucky them. Um, so, but, but, um, George Clooney has an asthmatic son, so he didn't want to take any risks and, uh, and why, why take that risk when, you know, he did not like he needs to work, um. And he obviously has his son's uh, best interest at heart. And I'm sure George Clooney has a nice sprawling estate and uh, where his son is, is comfortable and safe, as, as well as uh, his family. So I, I would have been interested who he would have played. I don't think there was any news he, who, who um, he would have been cast as, but maybe the Matt Damon role. Um, if not, you know he could have played a, uh, a slew of characters. And, and speaking of characters, it was so cool to see Ray Liotta in this. Um, and Brendan Fraser, who uh, I've been living with Brendan Fraser figuratively, figuratively of course, because uh, uh, I watched all of Doom Patrol. Um, while in lockdown, and he—I mean, he was excellent in Doom Patrol. He was great in this, and and I just, you know, I remember Brendan Fraser from Airheads and Encino Man. But before that, he was in School Ties, so it showed the 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 range well the range that he has, um, as well as The Mummy, uh, an action movie. But but he's a really good dramatic actor. He was excellent in The Affair as well. Um, so, uh, and he was good in this. So, uh, great ensemble cast, great filmmaking, great directing, um, uh, and, and a great movie all around. Just, uh, just so much fun. Keeps you on your toes. You're kind of not sure how it's going to end or who's gonna, what's going to happen to who. Uh, you think someone's going to get away, and before you know it, they're gone. And then when you think someone else is going to get away, before you know it, they're gone. And it just, it just shows, I, I think of levels, when I watch this movie. So you have, you know, just a regular schmo going to work, gets involved in something, and then you go to his boss, and then his boss's boss, and his boss's boss's boss, and his boss's boss's boss's, boss's boss. And and Goines and Russo, I believe it was Goines who said, well, you know, let's find out who is controlling this guy, and we'll go to them because we'll get more money, and how much money is enough. And just when you think that, you know, you can get the most amount of money. There's always more, and depending on their motivations and what they want to do and their options, uh, they're they're striving for more to try to find a comfortable life. And with Don Cheeto's character, he was lucky; he got out with his life, and at the same time, he just got the, you know the the five thousand dollars that he was uh, originally promised. Where he had hundreds of thousand dollars in his hand, and it just goes to show, you know, uh, the the levels of whether it's in the crime world or the business world, and the, the two certainly crossed over in this movie. Uh, what's considered the le, 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 quote-unquote legit business world is actually crime. Um, but it goes to show the levels of muscle and, you know, the levels of brains and thinking that goes into all this and strategy and just how, you know, devious and smart one has to be to literally survive. And if it's not about survival, it's how much money you're going to make and how far you, are you willing to go to, um, to, you know, to, get all this money and to get all this power and what drives someone to have all this money when they don't need the money. What is it? Is it ego? Is it, is it power? Is it competition? You know, it could be a combination of all those things depending on the person. Um, you know, leaving your mark in the world, uh, before you die. And you know, all these people are dead because, uh, you know, they're not based on, um, uh, real life people, but the, the the people that it's based on from that era, you know, nineteen fifties. That's what seventy years ago. Yeah, so they're all basically uh, they're all basically gone. So, um, so what kind of legacy did they leave? You know, well, it's I guess it's movies made about this period and 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 not being reflected in the in the best of terms. So, but yeah, but but as a movie. Very good. I, I don't know why the fisheye lens was going on. That there was something wrong with my TV. Um, I guess there wasn't. Um, I'm I'm curious as to why it was shot this way. Maybe there was a reason for it. You know what? I'm going to check right now. <clears throat> so, oh my goodness, I'm back. <laughs> so on, um, I did some research. So on Mark Marin's podcast, Soderbergh said that. The fisheye lens uh, was totally on purpose and it was done... The intention was to bring you out of the space in which you have a 90 degree grid. A world in which things are that squared off. And he said it felt wrong to have images uh, that were that sort of square. So I interpret that as being... um, so, so he's saying it just felt wrong, and I don't believe he went any further than that. So, okay. Um, he, I guess he felt it just, for whatever reason, for whatever the moment called for, he added some spice into the movie. And probably just caused even more confusion and anxiety amongst the viewer. I'm thinking that, and it kind of goes in line with what Soderbergh is saying, It as a reminder... It, it lets the viewer know that things are just not square. Things are just not on the level. And I'm paraphrasing a song by the great band Ghost right now. It's called Square Hammer. Um, but uh, So I think it's used as a reminder to let people know that things are not normal here. And things are not right. And uh, it's not a time to just go about your day. Uh, these characters are in trouble and they always have the feeling of being in trouble. It was an interesting choice, because you're not used to all of a sudden being like, Whoa, what is going on? You know, like, you can watch a fisheye lens when someone's looking through a peephole, but uh, as far as, um, you know, during a quote-unquote regular part of the movie, it's, it's not something I've seen before. So... So, yeah, there you have it. Um, I just want to thank my friends from the Insufferable Bastards podcast because I listened to their review, and then I shut it off because I think they were about to go into spoilers, so they liked it a lot. I do trust their judgment, um, and uh, they got me to watch the movie because at first I was like, oh, all right, whatever, it looks all right, cool cast, but I, I'm, glad, um, I'm glad I listened to their podcast and they uh, recommended it uh, indirectly for me. So, um, so yeah, if you want to recommend this podcast, go ahead. Uh, you can rate and you can share wherever you're listening. And then you can follow me on Twitter at MMAM Podcast. You can find me on Facebook at MMAM podcast. And you can email me at podcast at gmail.com. So, uh, I hope everyone's okay. I'm okay. It's been a while since my last podcast. Just things have been really, really busy for me. Um, but I'm doing all right. I'm fully vaccinated. Uh, New York has certainly opened up from where we were six months ago it's almost like night and day, but unfortunately the the uh, case um, positivity rates are creeping up all around the state relatively speaking for the rest of the country we're doing really well uh that being said though it's it's uh the positive positive cases are mostly like ninety nine percent from people who are unvaccinated, which means you, if you're not vaccinated please get vaccinated. Just think of the things you can do safely when you're vaccinated. Think of the people you can protect when you're vaccinated. If you want to be a hero, this is the way to do it. Get vaccinated and protect those who can't get vaccinated yet. Um, Or just can't get vaccinated in general, the really vulnerable ones, that's how you can help each other. And that's how we can defeat this virus. So it's just a nuisance instead of the killer uh, that it is. Millions of people have died all over the world. And please do not become one of them, especially when it's just so preventable. and uh, another way to, to gain strength is to get your information from credible sources. Uh, New York Times, BBC, USA Today, NPR, Washington Post. Um, it's, they're just uh, a few uh, great resources that, that give you the facts, that give you the news. It's not shadowed in propaganda or emotion. They live within the nuance. They tell you what's true. They tell you what's not. They have a whole process that they follow to try to get the truth out there, um, and if they make a mistake because we're, they're all human beings, and human beings make, make mistakes, they, le- they let you know about it, um, so no, nothing's perfect, perfect is such a subjective term, but, you know, let's not let perfect be the enemy of the good, because those sources are certainly good, so I hope you're doing good, I'm doing all right. And um, I think that's it for me. Um, hopefully I'll have another podcast uh, very, very soon, a lot sooner than it's, uh, than it's been since the last one. So take care, everybody. Bye.